Welcome back, everyone. Episode 62 of The Gentleman's Breakfast coming to you live in 2021. What we just heard was 1977's The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. One of the New Year's resolutions <laughs> that The Gentleman's Breakfast has is to, one, actually use music under fair use, uh, and two, give credit to the, uh, the artists in the songs because Fleetwood Mac is an artist that has not received enough credit or money from this song. Uh, so we're now going to discuss this song for roughly 45 seconds uh, in order to qualify for fair use under U.S. law and then move on with our show. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is a great new tradition, and I like how we're being more um, adult-like here in this new year. Yeah, it's definitely a growing up of the show. You called out that we're five and a half years in now. We've been using music for at least three years, just throwing caution to the wind. And the way that I described it to you was, what would the consequences be? The consequences would be that I would get really angry and have to remove the music from every single episode, thus making me bitter for at least four more shows. If I put this on my LinkedIn profile, I would round up and say, I've been doing this podcasting game for a decade. You know, you round up. We're, <laughs> we're past that point now. I don't know that you can you can round from five to six years. I don't know that you can jump straight to ten. Well, it's closer but... to the decade than it is a single year. Seamus, I'm going to need you to make at least one or two statements about The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, so I, I, you made me actually listen to the lyrics for the first time. Because um, they riff for about 45 seconds there before they say anything. And then the lyric yeah. is, you do not love me now, you will never love me again. Which I think is like, ooh, there's kind of a deep message. Like, if you can't love this now, you don't deserve to love it later. Or you're going to lose it, not quite sure. And then they came, keep on saying, you'll never break the chain. I really don't understand what this chain thing is. Do you understand what the chain is? Yeah, reading about it. So they spliced this song together. This is the only Fleetwood Mac song that has all five band members credited uh, as creating the song. They were all in different places. Everything was recorded separately. The lyrics were written separate from the music. Um, but what they intended the chain to mean, people believe, is that is the resiliency of Fleetwood Mac, the band, even though they had had personal problems and such. And I'm going to be straight up with you. Outside of knowing that Stevie Nicks is in Fleetwood Mac, Mm -hmm. I know jack shit about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, British American rock band started in 1967 in London. Stevie Nicks was 19 years old then, which is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Wow, she's only uh, 72, huh? Wow. Well, yeah, and th- this song came out in 77. Great job, Stevie and Fleetwood Mac. I think that's, I think we've exasperated the topic there. Pretty much, pretty much everyone knows that, you know, when the beat drops there after the instrumental, it's pretty magical regardless of your view on any of this type of music. So we we're can op- move on from there. How was your start to the new year, Seamus? It was great. Um I stayed up past midnight for the first time in maybe two years. Uh, took me a lot of willpower to wake up this morning. Had to get the shower in. Um, but it was fantastic. I ate, fond- I ate fondue like a rich person. It was great. Are we talking cheese or chocolate? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> very good. It was very good. I think we both know which one I would pick. Cheese. <laughs> if you had to just eat a bunch of fondue, you'd eat cheese over chocolate. I like how we can, you know, you can really church up queso by calling it fondue. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could. Um, now it makes me kind of want to do the whole thing, but um, you know, do it really nice, different kinds of cheeses. But we only had one, you know, heating element there. It was fantastic. Sure. Great jobs to the host, as usual. When, as when always. It, I mean, it's it's kind of an intimidating host, right? These are some of our mutual friends, and they never half-ass or even like three-quarters hosted. It's always to the nines. Oh yeah. Where, where it's to the point where like. I, do I invite them over? Because I'm not. I'm not going to bring that level ever. Do you well, have, I'm going to be honest. Situations like that. One of the two hosts. They're great hosts, and I, I don't want to presume what happened last night. But one of the two hosts tends to go on a bit of a curve, a bit of a journey <laughs> during the hosting night, starting out and ending. We'll say as one of the nicest people that we know. But there's a point where the cocktails, the ranch waters, etc., have been yeah. pouring on pretty heavily, and the voice gets deeper, and the political discussions get more intense. <laughs> Did we see that last night? There were some signs of it, but I don't, I don't think you know it was mutually brought upon. Um, okay. The, the voice gets deeper is an interesting. Um, point um do you agree or disagree yeah the politeness factor because yeah. this host is i would say the consummate gentleman i would say yes. true gentleman right probably yeah, most gentleman yeah. of all the people that we know and that goes out the window right at a certain tipping point <clears throat> tends I, to get a little rough around the edges oh i like it it's you see the true color you see i love some, it you see some real battle before you just see a lot of um you know politeness but yeah it was a fantastic time and we covered some topics that normally you don't talk talk about yeah uh well what better way to bring in the new year i was here in the house that we just bought in denver colorado congratulations homeowner how's it feel i've got to tell you seamus there's nothing that i enjoy more than unpacking garbage that you just paid to move across the country like you're taking stuff out of the box and you're like, well, we'll never see that again. Let's put, let's put that down in the basement. Was there like a battle of like, oh, we need to move this? No, not a battle. I, and I have to say we were probably we were substantially more efficient than I think a standard move would be. Okay. All of our shit fit into like one or two wooden crates, including a bed. So we were definitely not bad. It's just always funny. Because you're never going to get it exactly right, and you're always going to pull something out of the box, and you're like, man, thank God that I paid thousands of dollars to have this moved across the country uh, so that I could just never uh, use it again. Um, and the other thing that I love is we have created so many boxes and pieces of styrofoam Uh from Amazon purchases and moving, et cetera. I feel like I'm in I'm in crippling box debt. Like I'm never going to be able to get this quantity of boxes and styrofoam into my trash cans. Oh, so you have to like parse it out. Yeah. Unfortunately, my recycling is usually full of another substance, yeah. uh, which would be aluminum cans and glass bottles from the big guy here. Yeah. Um, so it's a little tough to get the boxes in there and the styrofoam. I, I don't know. And, I feel. And I imagine in a city like Denver, you can't just put it next to a trash can. They're just not going to take it. Uh, apparently, they do extra pickups, but we already missed ours. It was on the twenty third. I digress. Yeah, that's like adult and hard. Yeah, that's not something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you know, it brings up another topic. Like when you move, 
this is the first time in my life, mainly to my roommate and fiance, where we actually have things that I would consider moving with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a bed, a couch. Before I'd be like, I don't really have anything valuable. Like whatever I can put in a couple bags, I'd go. Yep. I think that's where like r- life really sucks you in. It's like buying crap that. You know, I spent $5,000 on this hutch or this table. Like, what am I going to do with it? Right? <laughs> I can't just throw it away. I'd like to. Um, I, I'm the sure gen- that's the predicament you just went through. The genre of things that qualifies as a hutch is something <laughs> interesting to me. But, yeah, this was the first time I'd ever moved anything outside of just what I could fit in my car when I drove to the next place. Yeah. Um, and the quantity of things that we are acquiring to fill this house will mean that I will never be able to I will never do the lightweight move ever again. Yeah. Have you It's too much stuff. Have you moved into, you know, you've got the move-ins now and now you're actually like decorating the house, which I imagine um, you know, your roommate better half is doing most of that. Yep. Does she seek your advice or does she just make the decisions? She does. We've been using a little tool called Pinterest. Don't Ooh. know if you're familiar with it. Never really used uh, it. What, what do you think of the product? We have, uh, it's actually pretty decent. So we make, she makes like a board mm-hmm. for certain things, pin stuff to it, and then I can basically see pictures of all of it together. And then we can pick out like, okay, we know that we need. A TV stand in this room, a couch in this room, whatever. So you can just scroll through like all the TVs that she's looked at, or all, all the couches that she's looked at, or whatever. Be like, oh, I like this one. Uh, she has left the wall art to me. So wow, that's a huge one. I wish I could get that. I can't. I, I didn't have. I don't have free reign on that. She's gotten exhausted. At, she's done a great job picking out all the furniture, and it's all pretty much. I don't really think we have that much left to order. It's all. There's a few things that still need to get in. And she knows that we need to hang some stuff up on the walls. And she's left that to the big guy. Mm-hmm. So if you have any ideas what? on things that you think would be funny to hang on a wall that still looks somewhat cool, shoot them my way. I think paintings. Uh, well, you know, me and the fiance are going to actually paint today because we're trying to do new things. <laughs> so maybe I could send those out if they look pretty good. I could shoot those over to you guys. I'd be really, really honored if I could be like a centerpiece in your backup living room well, or maybe the den or something we'll think about it send me a picture of it and we'll we'll see how it looks i'm a big like i got maps i got maps on the wall that are framed actually they're from our other our, our producer who made me some nice framed photos of you know when it was single guy time which we've delicately placed these maps on top of the photos because those photos are never going to see the light of day but the frames are nice so that's what we have uh um, yeah, we're going to probably be doing some, uh, like, artistic maps. Yeah, I, I, um, I think know, artistic some, maps. Some abstract abstract maps. Maybe some, like, Pan-Asia or, no, um, what's, what was the landmass called originally before it broke apart? Pangea? Pangea. You want me to get a map of Pangea? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Or, like, a different, <laughs> a different view of the world, like, from the Arctic or from, like, an angle that nobody looks at. I've always seen sure. a map because you always see, like... North you always America, see it one Asia. way. Yeah. I'd like there's to see been it from proposals. Australia's point of view. There's been proposals many times to change the perspective of the map because people feel like it 
distorts the importance of the West, which it does. Or even just like the vantage point from, uh, you know, Samoa, or just put it on a side or something, you know, do something different. Um, just center the map on Asia, which is the largest landmass, something like that. Yeah. But we don't Spe- need to talk about map politics. Speaking of land masses, so you've ha- you enjoy your par- your parents, and it's a very intriguing relationship to me. How long have they been at your state currently? Uh, they left this morning at 6 a.m. They were here for 10 days. Now, was that was that a comfortable amount of time? Do you have like a cap? like, <clears throat> Or would you embrace them being there longer? I wouldn't say that I have a cap. Um, we have another friend is coming in to spend the weekend here casually. We were thinking about having another friend out here for New Year's as well. That fell through. One of our friends is still coming out. And I was sitting there thinking about it, and as much as I want to be cool and say, oh, yeah, just stick around, it'll be fine. No, the hood rat stuff that I want to do with our friend that's coming in, it's not the same as the stuff that I want to do with my parents. And I don't think that either of them would enjoy a mixing of those two things. So let's go full on with the parents and full on with the friend, no restrictions. And my parents are welcome to come back anytime soon. So we had a... Fairly frank discussion about that. Tried to tiptoe around it at first because one of the friends that was coming out has a pit bull. Okay. And and so I was like, you know, they my parents have a dog that's out here, right? So okay. I tell them, I'm like, hey, friend that's showing up on Wednesday has a pit bull, and his pit bull is, you know, probably gonna <laughs> drive probably gonna uh, drive Annie this other dog nuts. Oh, so you were trying to mask the dog sure. confrontation? And I, and I. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't just say at first, like, hey, our friends are coming in, so this will probably be a logical da- date to leave. Do you think you just, like, reverted back to, like, 15-year-old Jake when he was sneaking outside the house? Like, well, why do you think you did that? I, I don't, For your you, own you home. Know, you're a homeowner. You can tell whoever you want to leave your home. Yeah. It's definitely better to be more straight up. I, I learned a lesson from that. But, um, no, it was good having him here. We... Um, we cooked a bunch, uh, as we tend to do in, with the holidays here. I mean, last night, I made filet mignon, lobster. Mm. The roommate was making made egg rolls from scratch. Oh, wow. she can make egg rolls? Wow. Yeah. So They're, they're lumpia, so I need to use the clear term. She kind of uses them inter- interchangeably. She gauges the Asian literacy of whoever she's talking to. But there's there's small, small roles. Got it. Have your parents? I just learned something with my parents where I'm changing, starting a new job next week. And have your parents reached a point where they stopped giving you advice? That happened kind of a long time ago, if I'm being <laughs> honest. That happened somewhere around, I'm gonna say, 2009, yeah. probably. Um, there's still, you know, some discussions about like, uh, you know, when I got into golf, obviously my dad knows about golf. When I bought my first gun, when I went to buy the house, we'll talk about some stuff, things that they know. Sure. Um, career stuff and what have you No. It was interesting. Cool. Well, cause I think a parent always just wants to give you advice. So I was informing my dad that I'm no longer working at this one company and working at this other company. And he goes, wait. So you're not at you're not at 
you're not at pumpkin anymore or that that or <laughs> gr- what's it called granite and i was like he didn't even know the name of the company I previously worked for. So he like, knew that it was a one-word name that had nothing to do with what you did, so he's right on that. That's true. And then I'm like, so I explain him what he's doing and you know how it's more aggressive, startup, blah, 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 smaller team. And he just goes, and you can tell like he had a moment where he thought about it, and he's like, well, i got to be frank with you. I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> so like, At least he admitted it, right? At least he admitted it. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll put a couple prayers in for you, and you know, we're we're on our way. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you, Seamus, I've done to give you a sense of where I'm at in engagement right now. In the last two weeks, I've done like five crossword puzzles in the middle of the day, and I don't like crossword puzzles, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's more engaging than my. It's just like so much of what's wrong with corporate America has to do with how panicked people are, right? Like someone says something, so everyone feels like you have to do something about it. No, sometimes the answer is no. What you said is dumb. So we're all going to sit in this room and nod, and then we're not going to do jack shit about it when we leave the room. Hmm. We're going to fucking relax. Um but everyone is just freaks out so much and people like people ask questions that there there's no answers to so they're like well how are we going to be ready for this and i'm like well our recruiting window is a minimum of 6 weeks so we're not going to be able to get any more people and our shifts are what they are so i guess we'll find out won't we because <laughs> there's literally nothing that we can change between here and there the only thing that we can do is pay- panic for zero goddamn reason yeah just getting 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 the rocking chair out and you're going nowhere i refuse to do that i refuse to panic for no fucking reason the only thing that maybe just gotta be empathetic with not panic the only thing that upsets me is people being panicked about fucking nothing like the only thing that we can plan for are things that are three months away that this is true of almost every company Mm -hmm. the only thing that you can truly plan for are things that are three months away. Anything that is next week, three weeks from now, a month from now, the 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 die is already cast, the cards are already dealt. You just roll through it as you're already going to. So, so why bitch and moan about it? Yeah. So walk, I appreciate, it and we're glad that you're able to vent and uh, use this as an <laughs> echo chamber for therapy, as one of our loyal listeners pointed out to sure. us uh, recently. Uh, you were doing the crossword puzzle just to not engage with people at work or to not engage your parents? Just, oh, no, 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 no. This had nothing to do with my parents. Oh, okay. So this was... This, this was, was only to... work-related. Because you had, you had brought up, you know... It'd be kind of funny if you I, were I, doing... I pivoted the topic into... It'd be into funny if you were doing the crossword puzzles in the middle of the meetings, like the Zoom meetings. <laughs> I imagine how these are going down. And then you're like, Jake, what do you think? Like, what's a six-letter word for transition is anyone not, like that would be hilarious like that's good content i'm not gonna lie to you seamus i have done a crossword puzzle during a meeting <laughs> you just turn the camera off well no they're uh they're uh online so i i got i got two monitors i got one where i'm on zoom i got one where i'm working and sometimes that work is doing a crossword puzzle man that's great um 
<laughs> so, I mean, you've made a lot of adjustments to the COVID world that we live in. Are you, do you embrace the remoteness or are you, do you fear the day that you have to come back and, you know, do some water cooler talk and chat about family vacations or, you know, what's your opinion of the last two months? You know, it's been so long now. Um, my opinion on it has moved around a bunch. Um, originally, so I, I like, I, I originally, I, I liked being in the office. I think that you're more efficient in the office. I don't think that anybody should be in the office Five every days. single day of the year. Yeah. I don't think that that's efficient. I think that you should work from home maybe a oh, couple course. times a month. Okay. You know, like maybe two, three days a month you should work from home. Because uh, a lot of times there's just like shit that you got to get done, right? Like you have a delivery coming in, you have this or that. Guys coming up to drill holes in your wall who the fuck knows yeah um the other thing is i don't know how it affects the timing of meetings because it, it, it drives me fucking nuts in general when someone schedules a meeting for like 7 p.m but people will do it i i usually don't get that angry when meetings get scheduled early but when they get scheduled late it drives me fucking nuts oh yeah in a COVID world, it's less of a big deal because let's say you finish all your work shit at like four or five mm-hmm. and then you have a meeting at seven. That's fine. You fuck off and do whatever for two hours, you know, dinner or whatever. And then you have the call. Have the call. If you're at the office, you probably drive home, but maybe not. It depends on like how tight you are scheduled. So when like when you're at the office and you get home at like eight or nine every night, which is a lot of times where I'm at, uh, that's pretty awful versus working at home until eight or nine every night really isn't that bad. Yeah. So people are either going to have to change the way that they schedule shit or I'm just not going to go to the office. Because it, it, it makes zero sense for me to be at the office if people are scheduling stuff between the hours of six and nine. It doesn't make any sense for me to be there. If people are willing to schedule things between the hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Mountain Time, mm. then yes, I'll, I'll be in the office all day. Um, what have you? I mean, what have you learned the most in the last 10 months? Uh, I've learned. I'll go first. I asked the question. I answer it myself. Old old hockey trick. Uh, I've learned that I don't really want to spend all the time I spend in bars and restaurants. I don't really need to do that. Huh. Interesting. So I, I've learned that, like, I don't know if this is just getting older, but, like, I really like nature. I really appreciate <laughs> nature. I really like walks. Like, I really like being in nature. Before, I would allot that time to $150, bunch of drinks, half paying attention to sports. Without this social engagement, I've really become my own, you know, uh, John Muir here and uh, just be one wow. with nature. And I love it. I love it. It's great. And I'm very fortunate to live where I live. But, you know, reflecting on yourself, what if, what if? Um, I need to get out more uh, in terms of the whole nature deal. Uh, I've not done that enough. What I have thought about is part of what you're saying, which is if we could snap our fingers and open bars back up right now, how much would I do of that? I, I still drink plenty. To be clear, sure, yeah, uh, yeah, at home, sure. Or I drink, yeah. I drink every day. 
Um, but, like, I think we all kind of know if I had the choice. Well, it depends on what environment you're into. In, in SF or how much booze people are actually stocking at their houses and stuff. Uh, but I don't mind being at home drinking at all. So if all of a sudden everyone's just more open to just like being around someone's house drinking, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I, I think I think we'll we'll start doing that more because it's like, I mean, yeah. you're just lighting money on fire in the bar, and we've all reached the stage in life where we're not really theoretically pursuing anyone at the bar that we don't know. That, I mean, that's the biggest right, right. misconception. That's I don't know why we went on so long going to bars. Where, which none of us were really talking to new people. I mean, the, what was the percentage of the time you were talking to a new person? Never. Less than one percent, right? Of all the times you've been in a bar, the outside of like niceties of like, oh, is that your seat? Yeah. Or no, go ahead, you order first. For the last few years, bars have primarily served as just central meeting places. It's a larger place than your house that has unlimited booze. Right. Um, that ideally is in a central location, but. I don't know. I mean, when they – we've already had a couple, like, false reopenings, right? Mm-hmm. And there's definitely pent-up demand to go to the bars. I do wonder what – like, the return to normal is going to be gradual. It's not like Anthony Fauci is going to show up one day and be like, everyone's cured, right? And tomorrow, America's normal. Uh, it's going to be like gradual for vaccines and stuff, so you're probably not going to notice it. But there are a lot of people that miss going to bars, so I'm well, sure sing- sometime in mid 2021, bars are going to be fucking packed. Single person life is is tough, real tough sledding. Um, <laughs> it's got to be right, like uh, you, yeah, probably. You try to latch on, you, you treat the apps a lot more seriously, um, and now in San Francisco, you can't even you can't even go to an outdoor restaurant to even potentially try to look at someone, right? So. You know, you just got to go on long dog walks, or I don't know what you do. Um, but uh, yeah, it just—it I mean, just—it sped everything up for me, right? Like I've thought more about family building. All of these oh, things. yeah, yeah, all of it sped up. Because, um, like, well, what am I? What am I delaying for? Um, there's some dark answers to that question. But. <laughs> I don't know. Here's here's the thing. We talk a lot about how COVID keeps relationships from starting, right? Mm-hmm. What we don't talk about enough is how many relationships has COVID kept together? A lot. There's nowhere else to go. Well, think about it this way. It's like, okay, this person is miserable. I don't want to live with them anymore. But then I got to go, like, where am I going to go live? Who am I going to hang out with? I'd be like, who am I going to go hang out with, right? Because you could find somewhere to live, right? It's, sure. There's places to live, but like, who am I? Do I want to be completely alone? No, that stinks, right? Uh, I would yeah. take the more positive tack on it, where it's <laughs> you know, you're naturally the more positive person. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 right. Uh, but you know, I'm sure people are finding ways to be together. Do you, do you, that's interesting getting more getting more positive now i also i want to acknowledge like covid has created a lot of problems with like domestic violence and stuff like that because there is nowhere to go mm-hmm. that's bad obviously um so i will acknowledge that i'm talking obviously not about 
a situation where it's like that. I'm talking about like, you know, our little bubble spectrum of, um, I'm tired of Seamus getting up at eight in the morning and either going to walk in the woods or record his fake show. <laughs> right. That kind of, that kind of annoyance. Hmm. Uh, I think COVID has probably brought less cheating to happen in the last yeah. two months. Yeah, fidelity has to be at an all-time high. <laughs> it has to be because it's like, oh wow, it's not worth the, it's not worth that scramble. Yeah. <laughs> I had not thought about that at all. Yeah. yeah How are like... you going to come up with an excuse for where you're going to be for a couple hours? Yeah, it's like it doesn't take that long at the grocery store. Uh, nope. Yeah, it's that's got to be tough for the this the the cheaters out there to how to circumvent this in this this COVID world. Um, that's probably. always something that has struck me in my mind as not worth it, just ever. Oh, the energy, yeah, just, the amount of energy. I'm always just blown away. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Um, and now, like that energy requirement is just through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot, lot to reflect on, uh, and there's some good and some bad. And look, I'm, I can't thank the woods enough. They've really helped me out here. I, I couldn't even imagine living in like a concrete uh, toilet, like New York or something, or a cold area place. Now it's just. I have thought many times that New York could possibly be the single worst place to be quarantined. I mean, I, let me in give America. New York credit, right? Like, it's not all poo in new york but their spirit i mean their willingness to eat outside in 20 degree weather um and they're like oh we're gonna fight back we'll be strong and all power to you i'm sure it's a great fighting spirit but oof i mean oof like the next five weeks in new york oof it's gonna be tough um all right it's probably about time to get into the report card now yeah it's about that time do you have a <laughs> anything you'd like to scale I have more of a, okay, let me know what you think about this. This is a different kind of report card. We wouldn't rate each other. This okay. is whose life, they can be real or, or celebrity, has been impacted the most by the Rona. Whose life? Um, I would imagine because I think celebrities are just doing it on the hush hush right I still think they're like just doing what they want on their private jet I mean why it's spiking in sure. Los Angeles so I think that's a huge reason of it uh, but I would probably say like an athlete of some sort yeah someone that like feeds off of the attention like the fact that you know the NBA just had a whole season in Disneyland, Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty weird, right? And he had to get like permission to go to the barbershop. shop. And like even in the NFL, all these guys keep on getting it because they broke protocol. I mean, the Denver. It, Broncos, it's amazing to me how many how many of them have gotten COVID. Yeah, because before they're like, okay, yeah, all well, this stuff can happen. Like, no, it can't. Like, there's proof. You just did this, right? Like, you can't can't get away with anything. I. So, I don't understand how you can't say to someone, I pay you $2 million a year. You cannot leave your house. 
<laughs> like, how the fuck does that not work? Or even just the, the situation with the Denver Broncos, I don't know if you pay attention to it. Their one quarterback had COVID, and they didn't follow the protocol to not like be in the same room with like with the mask on. So all three or four of them couldn't play in the game. They had a receiver play quarterback. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear about that. I'll so, do some Googling about that. That's just basically losing a game. Uh, yeah. Lost a game. Lost a game due to inability to wash hands and avoid people. Yeah. So I think you know, I, I, I my heart bleeds out to the the professional athletes who have had to withstand this. Who it's it's probably it. like other than like the time that Plaxico Burris shot himself in the leg or something like that. It's one of the first times that just being dumb has had a major impact on your ability to play football. Hmm. Uh, just generally being an idiot. Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question. I think uh, a good one to end on. And I'm excited to pick this up. I think probably the next time we record will be uh, Joey B. will probably be in office and we'll succeed how. Joey B, sure. yeah. That's, that was going to be my answer for who's been most affected by the Rona is Donnie Twitter, Twitter thumbs. You think about pre-Rona, like his odds of getting reelected pre-rona i think we're higher oh i think he would have been i think it would have been much closer but it's really hard to hide half a million dead people (laughs) (laughs) well if you look at it i saw a tweet where they're like this other guy has run twice and lost so his campaign strategy was hide in the basement don't talk to anyone and somehow he won and he had more people than ever vote for him yeah it's brilliant right (laughs) Uh, like, would you, this guy is imploding. Just let him implode. And it's perfect. I would also like to say, like, like I, I really, I definitely think that Trump has had a negative impact on COVID. But it's not like it wouldn't have happened or it would have been half as bad without Trump. Like, I think it, it probably would have been, like, let's say maybe, like, just putting an arbitrary range on it. Mm-hmm. It might have been 10 to 30% better without him, mostly just because of his mentality and like the messages that he sends out about the severity of it early on and that kind of stuff. Like maybe instead of having, I think it's roughly half a million people that have died now, uh, you know, maybe it would be 400,000 people, which is still insane, right? Like 100,000 people, that's fucking insane. That's more than almost than any single American tragedy involving civilians. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, and people sitting at home just getting progressively more angry about <laughs> all the stupid bullshit, and it giving like a scientific topic for him to sound like a complete idiot talking about that everyone is focused on. Um, I think all yeah. of those things put together, like we could well, very well be looking at four more years had that not happened. Well, it's, yeah, you bring up a good point. That's wildly interesting. Where everybody is now vested in learning this topic. Yes, and the, the guy that's leading the free world has obviously not even read the cliff notes to this topic. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, and they're like, and everybody's like, "What? How does he not know?" Like, and everyone just like reacts, I'm like he's done this his whole life. Now it's yeah. just the whole every, every light is on this. But yeah, it's it's just fake fascinating. It, fake it till you make it, man. Yeah, I I got to do more journaling this year. That's you know one of my. I've Whoa, been saying that the whole journaling. 
imagine if you journal through this and you bring out your journal, you know, 50 years from now and hopefully you have grandkids and they're like, you know, Grandpa Jake, what was it like? Well, let me tell you, May 2020, some guy did a terrible thing, killed somebody and diverted this whole pandemic to that. And then we had this other scenario where there was an election. The guy who got elected basically hit out to basically hide from messing up, not getting elected because he's really old. He's 80 years old. Then he got elected. And it was all a scheme to get a woman in office so she'll take over in a couple of years, right? Like, just that bizarre. Was, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you snuck in some... <laughs> You snuck in some bullshit in there at the end. Anytime yeah. that I've ever read anything that I've written in the past, like personal, sometimes it's okay. A lot of times it's like, man, I was being really just an emo piece of shit here. Like just overly <laughs> dramatic or whatever. My, You know, just have a beer, watch a some puzzle or something, yeah, play a board game. I've been playing chess a lot lately. Mm. That's a, that that's another hot topic for another day. It's a separate topic, but uh, yeah, everyone. This this circles back to the work thing, though. Like, what's what's the single bi- biggest thing that causes burnout at work? It's people panicking about shit that cannot be changed in the near term. Cannot be changed in the near term. You should try to start. If you could entertain me for your work, if you could do one thing for me, it'd be really funny. You should try to play a game of Battleship while on one of these calls. And it's like putting the mute button and be like, F5, F5. Sorry, what was that, Steve? Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll make sure we put that on a to-do list, an item here. No way. Battleship <laughs> is a terrible fucking game. Um, well, it's been great to chat and catch up. And hopefully our echo chamber, some people listen to it and uh, it provides some relief for them. Or if not, um, it's been great for... Myself, I can, yep. I can say this is very enjoyable. Great either um, way. Till next time. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for coming out.